And uh, our speaker tonight, he knows a thing or two about prayer. He's spent his life serving the Lord. So would you please welcome Brother Crutchfield. You know, uh, doing this, uh, following the uh, receiving the offering, I was thinking about, uh, you know, they was these three guys that when they'd go to take up the offering, or well, they would wait outside until they got ready to take up the offering. And then uh, whenever they knew when about time was over with, and they'd come in then. Well, one night the pastor, he says, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait till they come in. I'm going to take up the offering. They uh, figured, well, it's time. So they, they came in the door. And when he did, pastor said, we're going to receive the tithe and offering at this time. One of them fainted. The other two carried him out. <laughs> so... It don't do no good to try to wait on them. But, you know, I want to be talking tonight on uh, seeking the Lord. And uh, my wife's motion for me to get this thing up here closer. I was afraid I had it too close. But anyhow, uh, I want to go in a different direction. You know, I have preached on seeking the Lord before, but uh, it's, I'm going a different direction. And uh, I'm going to be uh, bringing out a couple of uh, things, experiences that uh, we went through and, uh, and then get into some of the other. But uh, I was working with a man by the name of Mike Mann. We was on a construction job, 1,300 people. And uh, I was, I guess, talking to him quite a bit about the Lord. I didn't mean to be overdoing it, but anyhow, I was talking to him, and one day he told me, he said, Preacher, I'm going to tell you something. He said, if I want to hear you preach, I'll go to your church and hear you, but I don't want to hear it anymore at work. Well, uh, shortly after that, they put me with a different couple of guys I was working with, and uh, put me to working with one of his cousins, and uh, but anyhow, it went on for a few days, and he come in on a Monday morning, and he come and he said, Preacher, I need to talk to you. And he began to tell me that, he said, our baby, he, he said, now, he said, I know, uh, he said, I know you believe. And he said, that's the reason I'm wanting to talk to you. He said, our baby was in the, the a crib and said we had one of these vaporizers you know the baby was sick and had one of these, that had the hot water steam said it turned that over on top of it uh, and poured that boiling water all over him said they rushed him to the hospital in Texas uh, to a burn center and said they've told us said the baby's gonna said it's gonna be six months and gonna be skin grafting and everything said it'll be six months before he gets out Two weeks later, he well, we prayed, and two weeks later, he come in. Preacher, I got some good news. He said, the baby come home, and they're not even going to have to do any skin grafting or anything. And he got in church and began to serve the Lord, him and his family. 
And, you know, sometimes when we, uh, we can be looking for the Lord and not even know that that's, in other words, he was uh, resisting and yet God was dealing with him. And God used a situation like this to turn him and his family around. One more thing here. I had an aunt uh, that, uh, I, what I didn't know, I was past, I'd been pastoring the church there for three years, and I didn't realize she was a member because hadn't seen her there. I didn't know she was a member. Well, they was uh, the incident where I went to the courthouse, and I have no idea what, but anyhow, I was going in the front door. Her husband, my aunt's husband was coming in the back door. He said, Jimmy, get out there with faith. Said the baby's dying. So I went right straight out the back door. And here's, hey, said, he told me, said the baby's not been breathing. Said we drove all the way from the top of the hill down here without the baby breathing. And said, uh, we're uh, trying to get something done. I run out there. And here she's, now my aunt, she is screaming. I mean, you could hear her, you could have easily heard her half a mile away screaming, trying to get a, you know, trying to talk to God. Well, I made a mistake, you know, about that fact that she was screaming. Uh, I made the remark, you know, you can tell how close she is to the Lord. She was trying to talk to a God that was way off over there. And... But anyhow, I shouldn't have said it. I, she confronted me about it. And, but anyhow, she, when I walked out there, she handed me the baby. Here, Jimmy. Here, Jimmy. And when I took the baby, as she laid her in my arms, she began to breathe. Well, they rushed her on to the hospital. And she was in the hospital three or four days and didn't come home. But anyhow, you know, when we're seeking the Lord... It's a lot easier to find him if we're dealing with him on a personal basis. Whenever we know uh, that, uh, know where God's at. You know, I can, a lot of my praying or most of my praying, I guess. In other words, uh, somebody could be in the room and wouldn't even uh, hear me praying. They might know I was praying, but they wouldn't hear me praying because, uh, in other words, I'm talking to somebody that's right here. Somebody that's uh, embedded in my heart and somebody that I can talk to and I know that are going to hear me because of that. Now, I want to uh, move on here now. You know, you remember when the two Marys went to the tomb, you know, uh, looking for Jesus and uh, they, because that was the last place they'd seen him, went there looking for him and and they was informed that he'd risen. They went back and told the apostles. And here's Thomas. I think, you know, uh, Thomas said, listen, I want to believe it. I really do. I want to believe it, but I can't. The only way I can believe it is if I can uh, take and feel and uh, put my finger in the nail prints and put my... Uh, hand thrust my hand in his side where he uh, had been speared that's the only way I can believe you know sometimes it takes more for somebody to believe but I want to tell you something Jesus was alive he was alive and well and when he walked in you know 
Thomas didn't even need to touch those nail prints. He didn't need to put his hand in his side. He said, Lord, I believe. I believe. You know, you ever, uh, you know, the scripture I was aiming to read, I didn't even read it, but anyhow, uh, uh, was uh, in the, uh, well, I'm, let me let me go ahead and read this. Uh, over in uh second chapter of Luke, beginning with the uh, 46th verse says, And it came to pass that after three days there they found in uh they found found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing and asking them questions, and all that heard him were astonished and uh at his understanding and his answers. And they saw him. They were amazed. At and his mother said unto him. Son why hast thou dealt with us? Behold thy father and I have sought thee sorrowfully. Sorrowing. And Jesus. Or, and he said unto them. How is it that you sought me? Was you not that I must be at my father's business? Now then, I want to, to, you to notice something here. Do you ever, did you ever stop and think where they found Jesus at? At the temple. In other words, at the church. It's the best place in the world for you to find Jesus. It's at church. They found him there. And, uh, you know, uh, there have been times whenever I, it was like I had run out of anything to do. In other words, run out of any way to uh, find Jesus and trying to find Jesus. And uh, could come to church and be able to feel his presence, know he was there, and knowing that that's where God had uh, directed us to. And, you know, uh, whenever I, I was pastor in the first church, uh, we had uh, several young ministers there in the church. And, and they was, uh, uh, three of us uh, was together one night. And it was late. And we was up talking about what, and we got talking about how that there was times, you know. Do you ever, I said, there's times, you know, when we, it's like we can't even find Jesus. We can't, in other words, we, we can pray and uh, seek the Lord. And it's like it don't. But then when we get to church, we can really find God's presence. You know, and a lot of times when you converts, uh, God will be trying us. And he'll be, in other words, wanting to, uh, us to seek him, try harder to find him. And, you know, we had a, a woman that uh, started going to the church where I was at uh, up north of here. And uh, a woman named Jean Sullivan. And she... Uh, uh, came to a revival and she came out and she uh, went to the altar and she prayed and she prayed and she finally got up crying and left. Next night during the revival, come back, the same thing again. Trying to find, trying to find Jesus. A third night she came back again. Well, after praying there for a while, you didn't wonder. She found Jesus, and she began to praise God and begin to exalt God. But let me tell you what happened. Then during the next year, she brought more than 40 people 
to the church. She even interrupted me a time or two while I was preaching, say, Brother Jimmy. So, in other words, she'd come in dragging somebody in from my ship. Uh, in fact, I'd seen her jump up from the church, just ball and take off and come back right in the middle of preaching. Brother Jimmy, these two people here, they need to get saved. They're wanting to get saved. We'd stop and pray them through. But anyhow, and they, in other words, she knew that that was where people could find Jesus. And she was constantly, in other words, it was, it was, they were some of the people that she was bringing in to get saved that uh, she knew they wasn't going to be going to our church. She wasn't working for a church. She was working for the church. She was working for the kingdom, trying to establish the kingdom. And she just wouldn't get, you didn't tell her no. I want to tell you something. She had, she wanted to bring you down to the church, down, bring you down to the altar. She wanted you to find what she had found. She wanted you to experience what she had experienced. You know, most of us here, you know where we found Jesus at? When we first found Jesus was at the altar, at the church. Now, not everybody, but most of us, that's where we found Jesus. Was we came to church and, you know, uh, whenever I was nine years old, God was dealing with me. I'd go to church with uh, a neighbor lady and the Lord was dealing with me about getting saved. And I went home and I told my mother, I said, Mom, I want to get saved. She said, oh, you can't get saved till you get 14. You can't do it. And, and I'd, for uh, five years, I'd tell God, God, I want to get saved. I can't wait till I get 14 years old so I can get saved. I'm not sure I didn't get saved at nine years old. Uh, but anyhow, because, you know, that's, that's when Jesus really came into my heart. There was something there that just wouldn't let me go. But anyhow, whenever I turned 14 years old, right after I turned 14, they was having a revival at Camp 8 Church. Man, we got there that night. The preacher gave the invitation. Now, back then, and some of you older people know what I'm talking about, but in other words, if you was there lost and somebody would go back and talk to you and try to get you to go to the altar with them. And so I thought, Lord, send somebody to ask me to go to the altar. Well, I didn't even want to spit it out till somebody asked me. Do you want to get saved? Yes, I want to get saved. Now, went to the altar and there I was praying and I wanted, I wanted to know that I'd got saved. And there was a, a young man that he and I had had some bad dealings. And I, I mean, I hated the man or the boy. I hated him with a passion. And that uh, preacher said, son said, you'll know when you pass from death unto life because you'll love the brother. First thing went through my mind was this, the guy that I hated so bad. And there was a love there. I knew that I'd pass from death unto life because God had done something for me. Where did I find him? And I found him at the altar at the church. You know, 
that same church where I preached my first sermon. That had been a uh, time or two when I'd get up and maybe talk, you know, two or three minutes, and I just couldn't. But uh, that was the first they had asked me to preach, and I got up there, and I mean, I, I couldn't shut up. Uh, I mean, God had done something. Same church. Preached my first revival. Now, why in the world, you know, because, you know, I don't know why them people took a liking to me anyway. I was just a, a young punk. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but anyhow, I could always find Jesus when I'd go to the altar. I've got an altar at my house. I really do. You know, my wife and I, we try to uh, set aside at least one hour every day when we're in separate rooms and we're doing our praying and our studying. That's our, our individual time, at least an hour. Last night, uh, I wrestled around trying to go to sleep, couldn't go to sleep. Finally, it was just two or three minutes before midnight. I finally, I said, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do some studying. I got up doing some studying and about an hour and a half. And when I got done, I want you to know something. They was peace because I'd been spending some time with Jesus. If you want to spend time with Jesus, you know, get around Christian people. That's one of the reasons why it says, forsake not the assembling of yourself to, together. That's so that we can come together and we can feel the very presence of Jesus with us. But anyhow, Jesus wants you, you know, uh, if, uh, if there's times whenever, you know, that uh, you just, you don't want to uh, get out in public. You don't want to be around where Jesus, or where, to the church and all that. And Jesus will actually come to your house and visit with you. But you know something? Then he wants you to go to his house and visit with him. But the greatest altar that we'll ever have is if we can establish a heart, an altar in our heart. But we need, whenever we come together, such as we are here tonight, come together and, uh, and bring our uh, needs before the Lord. Whether, you know, whether it be uh, one of these that I spoke of about had the, uh, their babies that was in such a condition. Or if it's someone like Gene Sullivan that I spoke about that uh, she couldn't uh, find, uh, in other words, trying so hard to find Jesus. You can find Jesus here tonight. If you've got a need tonight, you can find him right here. There's one other thing I wanted, I hesitated about mentioning. But you know, whenever uh, they separated me and Mike, and I uh, figured it was probably because that uh, he, did, he got tired of hearing me talk to him about the Lord. They put me working with his cousin. And after uh, I'd worked with his cousin for quite some time, and, and after this deal with Mike, his cousin named Jerry, Jerry 
began to tell me, he said, uh, Jim, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, you know, I've got the new home and he said, I got the land and got all the farm equipment and he started telling me what all he had. He had a good bank account and all this. He said, but you know something? He said, I'd give it all. I'd give all of it if I could have what you got. You know what my reply was? That's what it cost. Whenever you're willing to give up everything else to have Jesus, you're going to have him. That's the most important thing. And if you're here tonight, if you, well, you are here tonight, so that, that settles that. You're here tonight, and we'd like to invite you to come up here to this altar. Uh, I guarantee you there's not a one of us that don't have something that we need to pray about. And when we can come together and come around the altar and pray together uh, and uh, seek the Lord, let God meet that need you've got. So we're going to ask you at this time to come. Now, uh, you notice I don't stand still because if I try to stand still, my back and legs gives away on me and I can't stand up. That's the reason you see me and my wife sitting down so much over there because I've got to be moving. But anyhow, come tonight. Come and, give, or come and bring your needs to the Lord. Tell him what they are. It don't make any difference how big or how small they are. God wants to hear about it. Won't you come?